Mason and the old bio. Find your favorite fishing pole. Find out where's the next honey hole. Only on the top rod fishing show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry, along with Ricky Watkins. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, for our weekly fishing and hunting show, and welcome to Kane Radio FM Band 107.5 and AM 1240. And as always, the purpose of this show is to keep our listeners updated with the fishing and the hunting in the area, along with Louisiana and stories around the USA and the world. And, Rick, uh, each Friday, these are the people that uh, are... The reason we're here. You're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And if you'd like to give us a call, the number is area code 337-367-1240. That's the area code. you got to dial it, 337-now, 367-1240. You can also listen to us online at www.kane1240.com. Anywhere in the world, if you have an Alexa, just say Alexa, play Kane 1240. And you can also listen to Kane on any accessible Internet device. We're live here at the studios at 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia, right next to Victor's Cafeteria, which is open. Black and Friday. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's right, the Black Friday with all the shoppers going crazy. I'm going there. nowhere around town. Oh. I'm, I'm going out of town, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Of course, with the weather <laughs> where it is, who knows? Anyway, fresh water, Rick, saltwater fishing was shaking, my man. Tony, I'm going to try to make a, a, a good trip hopefully this afternoon hadn't been uh with with the water being so low last week we uh we went to the lake hadn't been to the basin in a while and talked to a couple of my buddies and i think i I, I, we spoke about that last week even with joe boats tony they had to be pulled in uh that's how low the water was around sherrington oh yeah and uh i spoke to a couple of them uh, earlier this week and they were saying you know hopefully with this rain coming and i see we got a, a little bump up which is good and uh, I haven't really heard too much, Tony, about salt water. Now, fresh water, you know, they got a few of my buddies that's hardcore fishermen like me that's still fishing. But mostly right now, everybody's turned, you know, going in, into deer hunting with uh, everything opening up up north, you know, in the state. And yeah, don't forget north. the ducks, too. Well, yeah, so like I said, hunting is pretty much, you yeah. know, in full swing. Not to say that, uh, you know, some of my friends, they, they like my son, he's a big bow hunter. A deer hunter, should I say, and he's done killed two or three deer this year. And, you know, I'm the fisherman. He's the hunter. I just, I don't know, I just can't hunt anymore. Uh, but, you know, I stick to my fishing and Bo's the hunter. But, uh, like I said, you know, with with deer, with deer, hunting season period, Tony, like you just said, with duck hunting and, and deer hunting going on. So everybody has kind of got a good a good little spread right now, you know, fishing and hunting. So, you know, it's everything's good. Yeah, most of the saltwater fishermen I know, uh, they head out and uh Trying to catch a few fish, you know, uh, with the... And it's uh, the fine water, Tony. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, with the wind right, right now, it's either east, north, south. Where it's all, you know, it's it's a mixture. It is. And like you said, you got to find that clean water and clear, yep. or clear water. Right. Well, say. salinity uh, for, for sure. That's right. Know. That's right. Yep. And with the lowness of this river and all, what's emptying. Uh, but, you know, I, lost, I saw the Calumet uh, cut. Uh, I went... Uh, East the other day, and the Calumet cuts, that's right. not low, you know. Yeah. The Calumet cuts still pretty, uh, pretty yeah. water's not high, but right. it's. I thought about you the other day, Tony. I had to take a trip to uh, one of my favorite places, a kitchen area, and uh, it's Dakota's in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. They got everything you want, Tony. Commercial kitchen. When I go in there, I go crazy, man. I love that place. <laughs> anyway, I passed over the Mississippi Bridge. Okay. And uh, 
I seen uh, the, kid. the kid. Oh, Tony, that thing is, That's dude, amazing. it's 20 foot out of the water. And it's amazing. It I is. I guess it's, it's and sturdy. I laughed. And I said, yeah, like Tony, Tony's dog. right. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the way, Well, they got it braced up. You yeah, know? they do. But uh, it, that thing is at least, the water is at least 20 feet from the boat, Tony. Yeah, and I've got a little yeah. update on the Mississippi anyway, River, too, yeah. in okay. our show. So, uh, in the meantime, Rick, like you said, uh, the water limits uh, right now, uh, it bumped up just a little bit. Not yeah. a lot, but a little bit. And that's, right. that all comes into play. Yes, it does. And uh, But it's it's looking to fall a little bit uh, in the f- late in the first week in uh, December back to uh, a little about four and a half feet right now it's it's sitting somewhere at four seven and it hopes to get up uh, sometime over the weekend to about five foot right and you so, see what it what's blowing out there right now Tony because yeah. I, I was listening to it on the way over here Jeff was talking about the uh, the forecast with the north wind that north wind will will push oh yeah. It, it pushes some water, man. But like I'm saying, uh, most saltwater fishermen I know go, go out there and hit it for a little while, trying to find some clean water. And uh, that most of the the, the veterans, if, if you're uh, you know not a uh, uh, real familiar with uh, uh, the bay out there and all, and yeah, you know, you go out there once or twice a year, hoping to catch a few fish. You got to go out there almost once a week, you know, to know what's going on and where yeah. the clean water is or yeah. clear water. You got to keep up with it. That's Tony's, right, and it, like anything know. else, you know, like anything yeah. else. So. I tell everybody, you know, a lot of. People laugh. I said that's why they call it fishing and not catching. You know, it's uh, <laughs> right. you got to you got to keep up with them. That's I mean, right. you just you say, oh, I got a rod and reel in a boat. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. You yeah, know? when I was oh, yeah. younger, man, we used to go out there and uh, we sometimes we mop up. Other days we go, man, where the fish? Yeah, you know, oh, and yeah. uh, it's just you got to know where to go. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a key thing. Uh, a little a little bit about that Mississippi River update. The you know the low water uh, you know gave rise to fishing in the river south of uh, Buras, but the redfish and the bass, trout, drum, flounder, further south. But uh, the Federal River Watcher, which is Jeff Grashel, reported that what was left of Hurricane Nicole produced rain and runoff that created a rise as high as eight to ten feet on the upper reaches of the Ohio River Valley. Okay, all right, and that's well. Uh, meant a stage 10 feet higher than the early week stage, so in Cairo, Illinois. Meanwhile, the rise will move into the Mississippi River, and we'll see rises along the river in the next oh, four weeks approximately. You see, so, Tony, you just said Cairo, you know, uh, when I was thinking about it. when the th- That's the first tributary. I don't know what it does, but when you, you can say the Cairo, okay, let's say it's 18 feet and it's going up to 22 feet, well, you can bet. Your bottom dollar a week later, so will the the Chaffalaya Basin rise four feet. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Some kind of way you can you can gauge off of that Cairo, and it's pretty it's pretty close. Yeah, up there in yeah. Pittsburgh, you got those three rivers: Ohio, well the the Mahangahela and the Aliquippa empty into the Ohio, and that's what's going to form. It's going to come down. So right. uh, anyway, he also said that the 16 day future rainfall model shows another rise in the lower Ohio River at the end of November and the first week in December. This would uh, keep stages elevated throughout the second week of December and well above the modern-day records that occurred in October. So, Okay, uh, so, the, so what you're telling me, the water level is fixing to come up. Yeah, it is. And, right. uh, you know, with the rain we've had, thank goodness, uh, we've had some rain. Uh, and it's time, Tony. Yeah, yeah, we we oh, needed yeah. some rain, man. Oh, it, it's you're right, Ricky. It, uh, it's about that time. So... Uh, in the meantime, too, I wanted to let people know that new regulations on crappie in effect in Bayou uh, Darbon Lake. That's up yep, there around Farmerville, up in that area, in Union, Union Parish. Parish yep. And earlier this year, the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission adopted a notice of intent to modify the crappie. Of course, that's our Sokolay regulations on right. the Lake Darbon, anyway, in Union Parish. Uh, the new regulations took effect November 20th. 
and limit the daily take of crappie that measure over 12 inches in length to uh, seven per person, yeah. and the total uh, daily take to remains 50 per person. Yeah. And this change in effect is to increase the number of larger crappie in the population. It also has the potential to improve the growth rate, which you stated off the air earlier about that up in uh, Bayou Darbonne uh, up the lake, uh, which identified as being the below average in recent assessment. I'm wondering, Ricky, if this is uh, the first of uh, – where they're going to put start putting limits on the crappie or the soccer here and right. up there they're trying to look at it. Yeah. Will it take place down here? Don't know uh, the intent of that. Uh, uh, what the commission yeah. would like to do. Now, Tony, did you know there's two different crappie? And I'm not oh yeah, to there's, pick on there's you. a green, there's, there's a, black. a black and a white. That's, That's right. right. Now the black is more invasive, which is a smaller size species of crappie than a white crappie. Okay. Now I don't know which one they have in this lake, but they're going to do a, it's like a three year survey. And then, like I told you, know, we, we were speaking off of air uh, before we came on. A food source, too, Tony, is going to have a lot to do with this. And in and, and a, and a big reservoir like that, your main food chain is just like with the, with the speckled trout. Right. The pogey. The pogey is their main food source. So in, in a big reservoir like this, thin fin shad. So it, it's, it's like a three-year survey, but, you know, it, it should help. But what they're trying to do is get larger fish in, in this in fish impoundment. And, uh, you know, it, it may take a little longer than three years to do that. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, they say while the regulation alone could help reach the goals for Bayou Darbonne, uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries also urges anglers to use the best practices when releasing crappie, especially those caught from the depths of exceeding 20 feet. Right. And during the winter months, fish caught from these depths will often experience uh, the viral trauma and uh, may be able to deflate their swim bladders. So, uh, yeah. I, but the big thing I'm wondering, uh, just in the back of my mind, right. is that uh, is this the beginning of uh, you know some uh, intent to go ahead and start putting limits on uh, the soccer fishing, uh, maybe up north, but uh, will it work its way on down? I, I'm just trying to think ahead, uh, yeah. and that's still three, four, five years ahead. Possibility. You know, because you can go out now and, and, yeah. and, and fish soccer lay till yeah. you're blue in the face. That's you, right. know. you see, Tony, it took us, you know, uh, the, the Florida bass that we put in, in our pond. We have a five-acre pond, and it's, it's in some areas it's almost 30 foot deep. It's over 20 feet, Okay. And it took, these bass will grow, they say, from a pound to a pound and a half a year. And it took about four to five years for this, you know, we, I stocked it heavily with brim, and that's a big staple for your, for your, uh, your more brute fish, your bigger fish bass. Now, two years ago, I caught 11 and a half pounder out of there. Oh, wow. And, oh, that's, well, you've seen the picture of that yeah, fish. That's and, right. uh, so it takes, you know, this three years is going to be, they'll, they'll see a little change, but, you know, and it could be like what you're saying. It may be looking at Toledo Bend later on, you know, another. Well, down in our area. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to say. The know. basin. Right. Just, so just, uh, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, and you're right about that. But, uh, you know, when you're seeing that, uh, you know, they they have a discussion. They haven't made the move yet about with the uh, uh, speckled trout, yeah, specs, yeah. you know, going from 25 to 15, increasing the size to 13 and a half mm-hmm. inches yeah. and all. They have some people for it. They have some people yeah. don't think it's fair. Yeah. They think you still need. Right. But like you we've see, talked many yeah. times, oh, yeah. 25 speckled trout, that's 50, 50 fillets. fillets. Man, yeah. that's a lot of fish, yeah, you too. You go out twice, and you know those guys oh, go those out guys. at least twice a day. Yeah, that's so right. That's 100 fillets. That's right. And you see these two programs, Tony, well, with the specs and then with the cr- uh, soccer crop. Per, white perch, whatever you want to call them, um, it's they're leaning more towards getting more brute fish, which is you know which is a good a good thing. So anyway, yeah. ho- hopefully it'll work out. But you know as well as I do, during the COVID uh, t- seasons, 
both fishing licenses exploded. Yeah, they tripled, didn't they? I That's think. right. Yeah. yeah, they went from like fifteen thousand to. 38,000, yeah. 40,000 mm-hmm. a month. So, uh, anyway, that's all going to come into play. Meanwhile, whitetail deer, all uh, 10 state deer hunting areas are open to archery and modern firearms this season, and uh, some with bucks only take, but uh, in the various stages of rutting season and the colder conditions should have bucks on the move. So, uh, yeah. talking deer hunting with someone last week, he mentioned an interesting tactic. He said okay. he plants uh, food plots but doesn't hunt them. Instead, he scouts for the paths that deer travel to reach those plots. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, where they're coming from and where to look for them. He also said most deer hunters know deer are wary about the entering open spaces and almost never go into the middle of a plot. He also said they feed on the edges, and if you set up on the wrong side of the plot, you might never see a deer. I uh, know most uh, uh, successful scouting and setting up where the deer are moving in a plot might be less wary <laughs> along the trail when they are entering a plot. So, yeah. And how many times have you seen a deer look straight at you in the stand and they enter the plot and heck, they know where the stands are and they're, they're smart animals. Don't yeah. don't don't think they're not. And their instincts uh, tell them a lot well, too. And they smell very well, Tony. Eight out of ten, they're gonna come. You know, they'll, they'll be downwind. In other words, they're coming into the wind because that way, you know, they're very, very skeptic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're they like birds, man. They just they, they yeah. pounce, man. They move. Oh, yeah. Anything will shake them. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised, you know, people that have these uh, cams, these cameras on their trails. You know, these, you see the cameras go off and the, you see the deer looking at the camera, you know, uh, with these deer cams all through uh, people who set up, try to see. You know, where the deer are coming from, what they're doing, what time, oh, you yeah. know. and uh, Even got them now rigged up on their phone. That's right. That's right. So it's just amazing uh, to see that. So anywhere, uh, also for you duck hunters, uh, you know, with the bands, they, the, they remove uh, from their take during the uh, winter, um, waterfowl season. While these bands can be taken from geese, too, it's the duck bands placed near the web feet that are served as purpose for federal and state waterfowl biologists. Yeah. You know, long ago, reporting a duck with a band involved sending the band to the federal bird banding lab. Then That's a right. hotline was set up nearby. Whatever, yeah. could call in and all and give the location the bird was taken and certain certificate indicating where and when the duck uh, was banded. And anyway, well, this season the Eastern Ecological Science Center. A bird uh, banding lab, a little English alliteration there. there. You go. Uh, sent out a notice, uh, the toll-free reporting uh, telephone number, 1-800-327-2263, is currently inaccessible. So for those reporting from within the states, the land uh, lab managers uh, said they're working the problem. We'll let public know when the hotline is serviceable. You can still report a bird with a federal ban uh, or auxiliary marker by going to the lab's website, and that's reportban.gov. So uh, uh, those people need to stay on top of that. uh, Uh, They they track them, Tony. You know, survey the flight pattern. Most of your birds are are born, you know, are hatched up north. When I say north, like Canada. Oh, yeah. And they they, they follow their uh, flight patterns. Yeah, last time I talked to somebody who went duck hunting, it was a couple weeks ago. I hadn't gotten any updates on that yet, and so I'm not sure – how things are looking right now with regards to the birds, whether east of us or uh, west of us out in the Cameron Parish, uh, out in those areas, Pecan Island and all. So um, that's something I slipped up on uh, this week, not uh, getting a report, see what's shaking in that regard. But from what I understand, uh, you know, it's a hit or miss, too, with uh, the ducks. So uh, yeah, it's, that's what I heard. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, weather, and the weather like this, hopefully they, you'll see them flying a little bit. So uh, with the cold weather, don't know if we have any 
any other cold snaps come in. Looks like the weather's going to warm up just a shade yeah. uh, the next <clears> few days. I think the all. end of next the end of this coming week is going to get down in the forties. Yeah, so uh, hopefully uh, the birds will be moving from further uh, up north. But it's let me tell you, it's cold up in uh, Kansas, uh, Missouri, up in those areas. I mean, they've seen teen temperatures right. and all, and snow and everything else. Yeah, they can have it. So uh, hopefully we'll see some of that come down our way yeah. in the meantime. When, but when they went to Kansas, Tony, they slept in a tent, eighteen degrees. Oh, oh not me. Eighteen degrees. Not me. <laughs> Did that when I was a boy scout, <laughs> no. but not on Grand, uh, uh, not on, on, uh, on not no. on Grand Isle, or on uh, uh, the island out there uh, where the so we slept out there in tents. Man, it was eighteen. Good water in the yeah. canteen oh, froze. Yeah. Man, it's a ten, oh, yeah. twelve year old. <laughs> so, uh, when you're young, Tony, you know, like oh, I told boy, I said, man. boy, Papa's glad you got a nice deer, but man, eighteen degrees. Oh, oh Paul yeah. Schwing was. Uh, got to love it. Uh, yeah. Scout master. Oh, yeah. It got so cold that night. I went sleeping the bus, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's how cold, cold it got. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Cane uh, Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. We'll be back with more right after this. Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulic serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. A new carrier heating and air conditioning system from Dahl's Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of carrier energy-efficient technology products, you can lower your utility bill. Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dahl's Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511. License number 6286. We have a new player on the field that is ready for kickoff with a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola. And the kick. Ice giving him a little trouble as a few cubes shake loose. He's probably going to pour it here, and he does. The glass is full. Can he go all the way? He did it! Oh, wow! And just listen to that fizz! That might have been the most refreshing thing that I've ever seen. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza, and delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza, 256-5783. That's 256-5783. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Most Thursdays, it's Southern Jack. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. The hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5, AM 1240, and streaming at Kane1240.com. 
Welcome back to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show, and the name of the island is yep. Cote Blanche. Cote Blanche. Yep. I couldn't think of that. Just, I'd say, oh, it had sides. Oh, yeah, white sides, Cote Blanche. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, a lot of fun out there with Paul Schwing. There were about 40 of us, I guess, uh, with senior troopers and uh, the juniors, I guess. And it was a lot of fun, uh, Rick. And uh, the quick story I was telling you off the air, we were walking along the beach, uh, the shore, right uh, one afternoon, and Chuck Delcom were kicking sand and all. And uh, he kicks, and there's a quarter he kicks up. And the quarter he picks up, cleans off. It was minted in 1896 in New Orleans. New Orleans. Has an O on the back. Yeah. And uh, I don't know when the mint in New Orleans was cool, stopped there. It was well, pretty neat. Hopefully so, he kept it, Tony. Uh, you're right. Anyway, don't know where Chuck is today. But a lot of fun out there with that crowd uh, out there in Cote Blanche on the hill, too. Uh, right. What are you talking about? One yep. year, one year we were there and it rained on us, man. And uh, well, our tent was a little from the top, and of yeah. course the water coming down. And yeah. my uh, tent mate turned, woke me up and said, "Man, you didn't in the tent?" And I said, "No." He said, "When the the ground's wet." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a lot of fun those days. Anyway, uh, you know, with this type of the season, it's time to share. And the hunters for the hungry phase two is in full swing. And the group is making a push to beat last year's donation total with a little more than uh, 800 deer to the program. And the 2021-22 collection produced 30,000 pounds of venison to feed our state's needy folks. Yes, sir. And hunters are allowed to keep the backstrap and the tenderloins uh, before taking the deer to a number of statewide processors. Some processors will take the unskinned and field-dressed deer. Uh, you deliver the harvest to the processor. We uh, cover the cost, and the protein is delivered to the food bank or shelter in your community. The H for H, that's Hunters for the Hungry, Executive Director Julie Grunwall said, uh, and the list of processors can be found uh, by going to uh, h4hla.org slash processors. Okay. And uh, if you can find uh, someone in your area, maybe if you got a little bit too much and you want to share uh, some of the help the needy, uh, it's really great. So, and if you're fishing in the Venice area waters and want to donate your catch, then the Venice Marina uh, has a freezer to handle your donation. Those efforts gathered over 5,000 uh, pounds of fish last year, Rick, to good. help. It's a good, good program. It really is. Yeah. It really is. So, uh, for you uh, folks out there, you have a little extra. I mean, you can, you, you know, know, Tony, that, that deer, you can, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of ways you can cook deer. I mean, you know, oh, there with, is. with the roast and the backstrap and the sausage, yeah. I mean, it could go on and on. You yeah, know? especially if you hit it's, a 200 you know, pound deer. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, I mean you there's got, a lot you can, yeah, yeah, you keep that. Of course, right. a lot of people make sausage and other things, but, uh, oh, man. yeah, good deer roast with rice and gravy is good too. Oh, huh? I hear you. Oh, yeah. I hear you. Venison's one of the best meats you can eat. Yep. Anyway, the Dewey W. Wills uh, Wildlife Management Area expansion will be open for waterfowl hunting during either sex deer firearms hunt. And uh, that expansion will be open for waterfowl during either the sex deer firearms hunt Friday and Saturday. That's uh, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. In addition to the wildlife management area's green tree impoundment, all activities will be closed uh, on that uh, wildlife management area. That's a Dewey W. Wills a wildlife management area, so it's located in Catahoula, LaSalle, and Rapids parishes in central Louisiana, approximately 20 miles northeast of Alexandria. So for okay. more information, you can go to the website, uh, Louisiana Department of Website, read up on it more, and uh, and if you need to contact someone, uh, there's a contact name there for you along with the phone number. So I advise you to use it, and I know a lot of hunters right. go up in that area oh, too. Yeah. 
here in the state. So in the meantime, uh, agents cite six subjects uh, for migratory game birding hunting violations in St. James Parish. Of course, uh, uh, Lorville was up there last Friday, but the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement agents cited six subjects for uh, migratory game violations. That was November 19th in St. James Parish. Agents cited a 25-year-old from Baton Rouge, a 28 from Gonzales, 24 from Santa Mar, 24 from Baton Rouge, 26 from Prairieville, and 25 from Bell Chase for rallying uh, migratory game birds. One was also cited for taking over the daily limit of ducks. Agents were on patrol when they observed five subjects actively hunting ducks. Agents watched as one of them then drove a pickup truck around the outside of the pond while firing a shotgun to scare the ducks that were resting on the pond. The five subjects admitted to working with the one to scare the ducks up for them. When the agents made the contact with the leader, he was in possession of over the limit of ducks that he harvested from a hunt that he made earlier in the day. Agents seized eight whistling ducks and donated them to a local charity, uh, rallying migratory game birds and possession over the limit brings a $400 to $950 fine up to four months in jail. And uh, for each offense, leader also faces restitution for over $200 for the replacement of the uh, whistling duck. So, uh, mm, yeah, you, you, yeah, you wonder about that. And here's another one. Well, Tony, yeah. you, you know, uh, you know, you think they'd know, know better. I mean, these young people are in their early 20s, but mid-20s. But, I mean, you, you you think they'd know. Folks, it's easy to pull up what you're allowed to shoot. I'm uh, fixing to say, Tony. And, and yeah. granted, some uh, rookie uh, hunters yeah. and all might make a mistake on uh, which duck they, you know, they'll shoot a right. duck. Well, if it's one that's over your mm-hmm. limit or one you, yeah. you've already possessed or two you possessed, right. don't go pick and it And, Tony, up. everything's on the computer today. Okay, yeah, these, young, these young guys and, and younger people, I can call them, they can run circles around me on a computer because I'm not computer savvy, but... You know, in other words, what I'm trying to say, go go on the site, and it'll tell you what you can, the limits, yeah. and what you cannot do. You I know? mean, you can Anyway, it's just, yeah. and, and it, it's anyway. pretty easy. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy. Yeah. And as they say, ignorance is done to get well, you out of uh, the yeah. violation of the law. That's right. Anyway, agents also, two men uh, uh, and a juvenile, for they picked them up for harvesting a black bear in West Feliciana. Man, folks. That ain't good. No, you, you, <laughs> you're in a big bind there. The agents uh, cited a 24-year-old from Livonia, a 41-year-old from Pearl River for intentional concealment of wildlife. Agents also uh, cited one for contributing to the delinquency of a minor and his son for taking uh, Louisiana black bear during closed season. Agents obtained evidence about the illegal shooting and dumping of the black bear west of uh, St. Francisville near the Mississippi River. During the investigations, agents found uh, the black bear skull in a creek near Cat Island Road and determined the bear was taken from uh, the one of his property. Agents questioned one about the bear and learned that uh, the, the other and his 15-year-old son were deer hunting on the property recently. Uh-huh. Agents yeah. then questioned one and his son and discovered that they were deer hunting on uh, the the other's property on uh, November 5th when uh, the sun shot at a silhouette of an animal moving through the area they were hunting, which turned out to be a black bear. Then uh, they made contact with the uh, the guilty party about the situation. They decided to load up the bear and dump it uh, in the creek off of Cat Island. And, man, that now, Tony, if he just shot, okay, let me, let me ask you something. If you call the, the, the agents and, and tell the truth, You'd have been better off 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, because am I right or wrong? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're gonna be fine heavily. Yeah. You might not serve jail time, well, but but at least you, you know, if, if the young man was telling the truth, you know, look, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have shot, but I did. Well, it ended up being a black bear. You know, here it is. I, you know, yeah, I'm, but, I'm showing it to you, but still. But a silhouette. He, I mean, he shouldn't be shooting, period. Yeah. That, not a silhouette. No. You, you, you got to That's how a lot of hunters got killed. Th- thank you. Yeah. yeah there was a, a gentleman years ago that was accidentally shot. You know, yeah. uh, I remember that was probably about 25 years ago or more. Right. And yeah. uh, it, it's just, man, you got to know what you hit shooting at. I don't care if it's a deer, a bear, or yeah, whatever. It's a puma, a mountain lion, a bobcat. Uh, yeah. It could be all kind of things. So uh, yeah, taking you, a bear during a closed season, intentional right. concealment of wildlife brings a $1,000 fine almost, four months in jail, yeah. contributing to the delinquency of a minor carries another 500, six months in jail. And the, the two adults there also face civil restitution for the uh, value of the yeah. bear, $10,000. Well, so that's, that's $11,600 right there. And, and you still got to go to court. You're still not done, you know. Yeah, you're right, Rick. It's, so, just, uh, it's, not, it's not worth it. You're right. And, you know, Rick, uh, in this season of Thanksgiving, oh, it's time to give thanks. And, you know, with the kids being out all week, you know, deer moving, fish biting, hopefully uh, ducks and geese are flying, squirrels in the hardwoods uh, in the fall, first frost. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, it's good to get kids outside, man. I mean, to enjoy the outdoor, Rick. And uh, yeah. a lot of people, they, they play it on their phones and games and Game Boys and all that. Man, think about uh, everything on those slow, uh, sunny days. Remember the adage about bright colors for bright days. Uh, on cloudy days, spinner baits, slowly work crank baits, soft plastics, take up fishing. Do something with them. Get them outside. Remember, two freshwater species often retreat into heavy cover on sunny days. So, uh, anyway, it's just good to get uh, kids out, Rick. Right. And uh, this time of the season, with them being out of school and all, so maybe it's because the cold front comes with the north winds, push water strong. But it's just uh, ideal to get kids outside instead of jamming them inside. You know, the adults have off a day or two uh, with work. And oh, yeah. It's just good. So uh, just yeah, to remember Like you that. said, Tony, you got your good days to fish and do the outdoors things. And then, like, you know, they like today. Well, today's going to be actually a good day for fishing, in which I'm, I'm going once I leave here. And uh, now tomorrow, say if you got your computer or your Game Boy, that, that'd be it's supposed to rain pretty much all day, you see. So, you know. I'm not saying put it totally away, but like yeah. you said, when you can get outside, get them outside. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, tides for this uh, weekend uh, today, the 25th. The sun rose at 640. It's going to set at 509. The high and low tide chart, the first high tide was at 1235 this morning, and the next high tide at 644. The only low tide of the day will be at 954 a.m. a couple hours from now. Tomorrow, Saturday, the 26th, sunrise, 641, sunset, 509, high and low tide chart, low tide at 1045 uh, a.m., and the high tide will be at 751 p.m. On Sunday, the 27th, the sun's going to rise at 642, set at 509. In the high and low tide chart, we can see the low tide will be at 1141 a.m. That's Sunday morning, and the high tide at 904 p.m. that evening. And as always, uh, Rick, uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these fine people. Yeah, Tony, we've got to thank our sponsors, man. Thank goodness for them. Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, The Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And our motto is always, kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal. 